This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening and welcome to Green and White, Argyle Life podcast, uh, hosted by me tonight in a rare turn of events, Dick's actually off on holiday, uh, Duncan Croft is still watching us all about, but he is off on holiday. Uh, tonight we're joined by Adam. Hello. Louis. Alright. And Josh. <laughs> Nick is going to hate that introduction. <laughs> That's why I said it. That's why I said it. Um, anyway, yeah, so we're here tonight um, to discuss the Nations League and the state of England, England English football team. Uh, in general, it wasn't, wasn't the best, wasn't the most eventful tournament that we might have hoped for, but we did win another penalty shootout. That's two out of two under Gareth Southgate. So, very good record he's got there, at least, if nothing else. What did we all, what did we all think of the Nations League and England's performances in the two games? Where do we want to start? Uh, I mean, we won a penalty shootout in the world's most boring professional football match. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, I, I, I was in work. I, I did catch the highlights, I'll be honest. I didn't actually see all of that game. I saw... Most well, some of the Netherlands game and pretty much none of the Switzerland game bar the highlights. But it was not the uh, it was not the finest game from the bits I did see. Apparently, we had we, we were better than them. We had a few chances. Would that be fair to say in the Switzerland game? Uh, uh, we we were better than the mighty footballing nation of Switzerland. Yeah, <laughs> they're not nothing terrible. to rave about. They're I mean, not bad. They've got a bad it, side when you look at the players. Some some of their players great. are all right. Well, if you take Granite Jacker aside. <laughs> and look, I mean, so, like Shakiri admittedly doesn't start for Liverpool. He's not. He's not bad. Keep the uh, is it uh, Sommer in goal? He's not bad. Um, I'm think of, now, now, you've, now, you've, now I've come to it. There is only two players I can really think of. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But they, they, they've always. Oh, yeah, no, he's right. Of... He, he was playing for um, in Portugal this year. He did quite well, didn't he? They've got like yeah. It's there's nothing to rave about, and that Fabian Shaw um, some Jack, Newcastle's okay. Did you mention Jack? Like as well? literally the first name, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, they're they, they're always one of those teams who've always been a bit better than some of their parts. Haven't they? they haven't got that many players who stand out as being wow. You know, they're playing for them, but they um they, they've always to, been a team who've done pretty well. In, to in be fair, if you look at England's starting lineup, certainly the midfield isn't outstanding. I mean, mm, what we started against Switzerland, we started Eric Dyer, Fabian Delph, and um, Jesse Lingard. Was it? Yeah, it's not the so greatest midfield free in the world, not is it? Not set the world alight, no. I think it's probably going to be England's issue, probably in central midfield for a little while now. Um, I like Anderson, but it's not not an outstanding <laughs> central midfielder. And it doesn't look to me like there's any outstanding central midfielders coming through. 
considering we're so well covered. At, I mean, fullback, we seem to be ridiculously strong. We are, we are um, overstocked at fullback, aren't we? Yeah, we've got a lot of attacking midfielders. And I think we've got we've got one of the the better front threes going forward. If you've got Absolutely. Kane in the Kane in the middle with um, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd have Sterling and Sancho either side. I think you've got you've got something going on there, really. You've yeah, got that you've got Hudson Odoi there as well. I mean, that is the the strength. I think that front three, particularly with yeah. Kane, Sterling, and I guess another. You know, there's a lot to shout about there. But yeah, it's the midfield where I have. I think we all have a, a bit of a concern, and it's just. I wonder who it's going to be that comes through, has a decent year this time that we're lining up. If, mm-hmm. if indeed we do miraculously qualify for the Euros, who will yeah. be lining up there and then? Yeah, I agree. I, I like, um, I kind of like, I don't mind Barkley or Loftus Cheek, but they're sort of more system players, really. You have to play to their strengths. I'm not convincing them do. Eric Dyer just shouldn't be anywhere near that squad. <laughs> Delph, I get why he's in the squad. Delft does a job. Delft does a job when needed. He's not, he's not going to set the world alight, but he but he does what he, he's in there to provide a, a bit of energy. Just you know, he plays for City. He's obviously he's obviously been you well, know, tall as passable. Pep well, Guardiola but. likes him because he's a leader. Basically, I don't know what he said about yeah. him in interviews is that he's this sort of terrific leader who takes charge of situations, which is why he likes him so much. Which is why I think he's lasted at Man City for as long as he has. Because it was just a footballing thing. I'm not sure he'd still be there. Yeah, he's got he's got any aspect, and he, he's versatile as well. You see, he plays at left back. He plays yeah, he's an mid, option. And if you take him in a squad, you get uh, if you get a couple of freak injuries, and he's there just to fill in. You know, useful to have around. Mm. But yeah. I wouldn't probably start him or want to start. Him. I wouldn't wouldn't want. No, to with start the leadership him. point, I mean, there's nothing that he can do on that front that say Jordan Henderson can't do either. You know, he's captained a team to a European Cup, and all of that involved in his game is. As it's developed, so you know, I I, I I agree with that point of Delph being a useful player to have in the squad. A similar way to how Ashley Young helped out at the World Cup. I mean, he's clearly not the sort of player who's going to set the world alight, but he could fill in in places when required. Delph, you know, he's the same. And if Guardiola likes his leadership, I guess it can only be a good thing to have around the squad, if not in the first team. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, what about, what about the Netherlands game? What, what do we think of that? Because I kind of think that, yes, you know, you can say the fact that we were more impacted than them in players we had to leave out because they were, you know, fatigued after the Champions League final. You know, they still had Van Dijk and Wijnaldum who played, but on the whole, we were a lot more impacted than them. That That's undeniably true. But then on the other hand, there were a lot of unforced errors that were made. There were a lot of things that were, I mean, Stones' errors, Walker's error. And there were a lot. Of, there were a lot of times where you didn't really get enough control over the game. It was a bit like, from what I saw, a bit like the Croatia game, in the fact that whilst we had some chances, you know, we didn't really get that firm control over the midfield. And I'm kind of wondering if for all the promise England have got in many, many areas, could it be undermined that we don't have that deep line central midfielder who can dictate the game like Modric or, or somebody similar like that? And if we do need to have that, who would be the best person for that role, if anyone? I, I hate to interrupt, but. How did you pronounce Wijnaldum and Modric during that? <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew it was coming. <laughs> How? Say Wijnaldum, Sam. Oh, when, when, what? 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 Wijnaldum. Why? What? Say that again. Wijnaldum. Wow. Okay. It's it's the Modric one that got me. Modric. God. Modric. <laughs> yeah, that that was I got a bit tongue tied there, but um, anyway, Modric then Modric about the the like the, the, the likes of that somebody who is deep lying can dictate the game. 
it's all very well having a lot of good players in the central striker and the wide forward areas, which we undeniably do, if we don't have that midfield um, sort of deep line player who can dictate play, who can pick out a great pass, who can just control the tempo of the game. Are we are we going to be that top level team? We'll get close, so, but we'll be winning. You think? Go on. Don't you love Declan Rice and Harry Winks though, Sam? I do like Rice and Winks, but I think they're more of a they're more of a DM. They're more of the deepest one in the midfield three. Modric Declan Rice is Declan Rice is a, is, a, is a bit of a glorified Eric Dyer. He will be. <laughs> I, I don't see him doing much more than what Eric Dyer does. Agrees. Um, I, I was waiting. I was waiting for Josh to bring up Harry Winks because I know how much he likes him and raved about him. But um, he he's definitely an option in playing in that position. I Josh raves like about him. him even. Josh doesn't rave about him quite as much as I do. To be fair to you, Josh, well, I don't think I, he's an outstanding player, but I think he's a useful player and gives us something that we don't really have. I, I quite like um, James Ward Prowse, and especially as well with I know we've got um, Trent who can whip a ball in, but um, Ward Prowse has got an excellent delivery on any set piece, which I think mm. is helpful as well. He's the sort of player that if he's going to get an England set up, needs to move away from Southampton. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing with Ward Prowse, he's not a really young player anymore, is he? He, he, was, he seems to be one of those players who had at bags of potential for absolutely years. And it's only really the last eight. I, I always liked him. I always thought he had potential. But, you know, he's 24 now. He's going to be 25 uh, in November. He's, he's, 24. he's 24 now. He's going to be 25, you know, in the next wow. few months. He's, he kind of need if he is ever going to really be that, that top level player, he needs to move kind of now, if ever. I think he, you know, he's no longer that young, promising player with the world ahead of, with the world ahead of him anymore. He is at an age now where he does. And to be fair, over the past year, he has pushed on. He's definitely better player and better renowned now than he was say two years ago. But I think he needs to just push on that bit further if he is going to be of that ilk for England. And I do like him, but I don't know if he's he, that level. I don't know if he's that much good enough. He's got um, he's got caps, hasn't he? He's got a couple. He's got a couple of caps, yeah. Did he? I'm trying, I'm trying to find out if he played much. I oh, think it's just 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 two friendlies, I believe. Yeah, two substitute appearances, both friendly. Yeah. Oh, both after with eight minutes to go. So yeah. not really too much. I don't. Um, I I do rate him. I I do rate him as a player overall. Um, but I don't. I think he's a squad player. I don't think he's that. He's he's not our Modric, is he? I don't think. I don't think he's that good. No. He's clearly not that good. Luka no. Modric is the is the current um the current holder of the uh, best. Well, yeah, no, time, but I don't. I don't so. think. He, I don't. Okay, let's put it. In, let's put it that way. I don't think he's even in that ballpark. I think he's in two or three ballparks down, really. What's uh, so, your thought? Uh, Sorry, um, go on, Louis. Was it? Oh, no, you carry on. I was just. I was just going to say, if we were agreed on the front three, who would we? Who would you want to see in a in a in a midfield three going forward? I think it would be. I think as much as I do like Rice and Winks, I think they're both really probably best off occupying that deeper role of the three. They're different types of players. Rice is maybe a bit more of a tackler, a bit more defensive-minded. Winks is a bit more of a, of a passer, a recycler of play. So which which one of those two you pick? Winks. Kind of. I think I think probably Winks, but I think it also I think depends. I, I think which of the two it is depends on the two you have in front of them. If you have two really caviar attacking players in front of them, you want a ball player in there, which, which is a ball winner in there rather, which is Rice. But if you have players in there who are industrious, you can win the ball in their own right, then you want Winks in there because that's kind of like a, like a um, Perlo Vidal and Pogba setup, isn't it? Where the deepest lying one is, is, is the passer rather than the more traditional thing of the deepest lying one being the ball winner. Basically, without giving you a full written essay, because um, hmm. I'll just say it quickly, Winks, Henderson, and then yeah. long term, Alex Oxley Chamberlain. Yeah, oh, he's stolen the cowboy I was about to throw in. Ah, yeah, I mean, obviously, Jim, I was, I was, it was going to be my wild card, but I'm glad that we're on the same page with it. Um, yeah, he's the sort of player who I know 
uh, Arsenal, there was a particular, almost like a second coming of Theo Walcott in the sense that he had a lot of potential down the wing and didn't have that end product. But since he's been at Liverpool, since he's been at centre midfield, he's the sort of player that appears to be able to you know, get forward with the ball, take the ball forward from those midfield areas. And then his end product does seem to appear more often now. It might be a case that he doesn't necessarily have to stop and turn. He can just keep advancing. I'm looking at his goals against Manchester City last year as an example of that. A lot will, of course, depend on how he gets back from that injury. If he can get back to the heights that he was before, you know, he got, you know, he spent a year out of the game, then, yeah, I agree, he'd be an excellent long-term option. So, yeah, I mean, that's all I really have to say on that, really. Well, as I say, it was going to be something I was going to throw in there, but realised that Josh has beaten me to it. So, yeah, I'm just in quite a lot of agreement. <laughs> I didn't realise um, realize how young he was. He's only a year, a year older than Ward-Prowse, which surprised me. <laughs> He feels yeah. like he's been around for ages, so that's because he, he he went to Arsenal at seventeen, I think. Um, I think he's younger. Just, yeah, I think... those, he's one of those players that's been in, been in the you know the public eye for well for that long, really. And that's yeah, why he's, 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 he's like, like twenty eight, twenty nine, getting on in, getting on into his prime, but he's probably you know he's got a, a lot left probably. You just hope, out, yeah, again with the injury, you just hope he's going to you know come back a, a the same player, and hopefully he doesn't you know lose any of the um, ability. Yeah, yeah, that's the key. I mean, if he can come back to that level, I think he's very much a wild card for a starter at the Euros. It is totally going to depend on what sort of level he can reach in the next year or so. What, what about Phil Foden going forward? Could he be the one? Could he be that um, our Modric that we're looking for? Could he be that player who can just completely dictate play and pick mm. out defence splitting passes from deep? Is that going to be him? He needs to be starting games for his for, for his um, for his like club side. To be honest, that, that until he until he starts playing regular club football, a bit like a bit like Sancho. Sancho, obviously, no one really ranted or raved about him until he started playing regularly at Dortmund. And when he was playing regularly at Dortmund, he was setting that league on fire. If Foden gets first team football and and, starts, and and as I expect, he probably will turn out somewhat like Sancho and start playing really really well at a good level. Then yeah, he he go with it. But until he does, I don't see how he gets near the team. What do you think of Foden, Josh? Um, it's a tricky one. Um, I really like everything I've seen from him. I kind of agree with Louis, really. Um, he needs games now. He's getting to an age where he's obviously very young, but he's not like some really young kid who's literally just burst onto the scene. He's sort of been in and around the City squad for a year or two now, and you kind of think... Really, in the next year or two, you want him pushing on. Um, I think he will because he's already pushed on this season a little bit. Um, and Guardiola seems to rate him very, very highly. Um, so I think it's a matter of time before he does start playing more, more regularly. And then towards the end of this season, he he made his first Premier League start as well. Um, everything I've seen about well, him, like, but yeah, exactly. Um, good player, like like a lot about him. But yeah, he needs. He needs more games now if we can see if he's, you know, if he's ready for England as well. I don't doubt that he would be. I think he probably, at a point, training with that City side, that he would be starting for almost every other team in the Premier League right now. Um, it's just a case of how quite strong their side is. But um, it's not like England are struggling for attacking players at the moment. Um, and there's, there's, there's plenty in... Could you see him playing in central midfield, though? I mean, I Not really, no. I don't no. really see him as a central midfielder. Okay. So, I think a little bit more advanced. So another one, then, um, 
is currently there. Obviously, he's been there for a while. Danny Alley, would you have him in central midfield? Uh, yeah, as an option, yeah. I, I think he's another one who's probably better further forwards. Yeah. Um, but he's added the discipline to his game that means he can play there, I think, now. Um, so I wouldn't be worried about him starting there. He's, and he's played in central midfield a few times for Spurs this season. I've even seen him play in uh, in the deepest role for Spurs when Winks was out. I think it was against... might have been the, the first game in the new stadium against Palace. Um where did that was it that game against Palace? Um, either way, he played in the deepest role and and played quite well. I thought so. He's got it in him. Uh, whether he can do it against good teams is another matter. Probably another matter for England actually is whether we can do it against good teams because at the moment our our record against decent sides is pretty terrible. Well, yeah. the the Nations League qualifiers, we obviously had that great win that great win in Spain and obviously the good win against Croatia. Those home, are literally the only two though. Yeah, yeah, they are. But how many have we? How many chances have we had against good teams in the Southgate era? Obviously, we had the three at the World Cup. I know the Bel- Belgium two were both dead rubber, so I don't want to read too much into them. Obviously, the Croatia and and the Netherlands losses were disappointing. But then, obviously, we had we had the loss against Spain. Yeah, okay, there have been quite a few. Now, now we look. Now we go into it a bit deeper. But, but you just convinced yourself that I'm right. Yeah, I, I, I kind of have. But we've um. Obviously, we, we were... I mean, the, the Switzerland count as a good team. I guess the fact they made it there means they probably do just about fall into that bracket. But obviously, we drew the game in the 90 minutes, one on penalties. But on the plus side, our record against good teams is getting better. We are getting more competitive than we were. From the fact that in the World Cup, it was, you know, we, we, we went out against the first good team we played. And then, obviously, in, in the Nations League qualifiers, I don't think anyone was expecting us to come top out of that group of us, Spain and Croatia. I think the talk was more, will we come bottom and will we get relegated to the, the Group B phase of it? But the fact that we not only avoided that, the fact we actually won the group and ended up going to the tournament, is definitely a positive sign. And I think, ultimately, yes, the Netherlands game was a disappointment. but I And yes, we did lose 3-1 in the end. I think if we'd have had our full-strength team out, I think we might have squeaked it in 90 minutes. Right. I think we just, you know, one point I'd make is looking at overreaction and, you know, it's it may not be the best record that we have against these big teams, but if we look at that Netherlands game, we were, what, two inches from VAR from reaching that final and beating them in normal time? So, yeah. I mean, it was annoying and it wasn't the best performance, I grant you, but, you know, things could have been very different. We could be looking back on this as another positive in, for Gareth Southgate. So, you know, it's... It's something that, you know, as, as I said, our results against these good teams, whilst not great, they are improving and we're getting closer, I think. Whether it, we're getting close enough, I think that remains to be seen. But, I mean, the signs are at least more positive than they, than they would have been, however, mm. however long I mean, ago it was. Looking at that, that England side against the Netherlands, I think there's, there's only really, for me personally, there's probably only two or three players I would say would actually be in our strongest starting eleven. Uh, three, actually. I'll go with Pickford, Maguire and Sterling. I think Alexander-Arnold's better than Walker. Um, prefer Gomez to Stones. You've not got Rose in there. The midfield three was obviously Rice, Delph and Barkley. Um, you could make a case for, for a few players over any of those three. And then it was, well, to be fair, Sancho started. But Rashford up front on his own. God. That is I, that, that's what not I the mark of a team that's going to be successful in international football. If if you'd had a, I think if you'd had a match fit Kane um, for this tournament, we would have fared a lot better because he is mm-hmm. heads and shoulders the best player we have. I think exactly. Um, he's he is one of the, he's on his day the greatest striker in the world at the moment. Um, 
and he might not score some of the greatest goals you ever see, but he scores goals, and that's what matters, really. I mean, he's he's still, yeah, he's in that bracket of one of the greatest strikers in the world at the moment. I think yeah, sure. there's not many that are. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I put out mean, like out and out strikers that you could say that for. You know, he, he's the one player that we can look at and say, yeah, he's genuinely world class. Sterling, for me as well. Sterling. Like, Sterling. Okay, yeah, you make a fair Sterling, point. You've got, with Sterling, you've got compared to when other you've guys got players you like that, you know, it's when they're missing, it's you know, it, it's very, very obvious. And I think we saw that from England yeah, in that Netherlands game, mm. as you say. Well, three or four players in that team that you'd say, you know what, we want them to line up in an ideal world. When you've got yeah, Sterling, obviously, as I missed out, but Kane as well. It's yeah, we we made. Yeah, go on. Sorry, I was going to say even like even defensively for me, like Alexander Arnold's about. Uh, I I don't think there's a right back in the world who's playing better than him at the moment, and Good he point. didn't start. And you've got a declining Walker who did own goal Walker, and then Stones. Well, yeah. we all know what sort of game he had, didn't we? If we'd have played I, Gomez, yeah. fully yeah. fit Gomez and Maguire, I think we'd have stuck that game. I, do, I like I him do in like general, Jones. but yeah, a stinker in that game. I think probably Gomez and Maguire are better too. Go on. My my ideal partnership going forward would be Stones and Gomez. Probably I like Maguire, um, but it depends on the, on the type of football you want to play. If you want to play, you know, play out from the back, I think that Stones and um, Gomez are the best option. Maguire's good with his feet. Maguire's good with the mm. ball. Yeah. He's good with the ball. But I, I mean, John, that's what pretty much what John Stones has over the majority of centre outs. He's he's good on the ball but then again he, didn't work yeah. out so well against the Netherlands well, exactly there we go so <laughs> I mean it's it's. you said we need to look at the midfield I think we need to look at the defence as well uh, to an extent yeah like I mean With more, the defense fullbacks more are fine aren't they Chilwell's Wells a good player Rose's been on good form and then you've obviously got Alexander Arnold you've still got Wan-Bissaka to come in um, and still Walker. a good backup option yeah exactly Centre back probably more so, and and your fave Josh Trippier as well. <laughs> Let's not. How has how has Trippier gone from being England's like most like literally a, our, our best player so, at the 2018 World Cup was Kieran Trippier. Yeah, and, and, that says a lot about. And that, now that he's that not even get. Well, no, I don't think it does because he was genuinely good. It wasn't like he was the best of a bad bunch. Because Stone, think run run through who had a good tournament. Pickford did, Stones did, Maguire did, Deli Ali did. Kane obviously was the golden boot winner. So they, they, these were all players who had good tournaments. But Trippier was tri- Trippier was pretty much universally agreed to be our best player. He'd gone from that to not even 12 months later, he isn't even getting in the squad. Have you ever... Can, was, you, can anyone think of a player who's had as quick of a decline as that? Um, it's very Emmanuel <laughs> 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 Eric Dyer. <laughs> it was more <laughs> gradual, wasn't it, though, really? Eric, Di- Eric Dyer went from being England's answer at centre-half to, like, the most mundane central midfield, central midfielder you'll ever see. Mm. It's bizarre. Yeah, it... <laughs> when he came over When he came over from Portugal, everyone was raving about him, and then he got put in midfield, yeah. and he just became the most average player you'll ever see. He had, he had like, some really good players that seemed to be midfielder, didn't he? A, it's been like a... I still think he's, like, a solid squad player, but yeah, yeah. he's... So he's not, a few... he's nothing, there's nothing like I wouldn't see any like there's no potential anymore is there think, really it's just, his it's issue's just... probably really at, because of his where he's at with Spurs is you've got three very strong centre-backs for the Premier League oh yeah um, and Winks plays in the deepest role which is the only place you would put Dyer in the middle so with Winks there Sissoko next to him uh, 
where does he fit in? So I, I think he's probably struggling for, there's not really a slot at the moment at Spurs that he can play and get used to and get comfortable with. So I think he's played all that much this season. You might see that probably change with, with, that aspect. Um, with Alderweire and Vertonghen getting on a bit now. I mean, they're still class, but I mean, well, how old's Alderweire now? 30? 29? He's going to be going, though, isn't he? Or is he not? Is he staying now? Um, oh, he's 30. Um, oh, we're talking, oh, we're talking to you already, isn't he? I'm getting mixed up. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I, I don't know what's happening with him. I've not read I've not read all the rumours. Vertonghen's like 32 now, so he'll. I can't see him leaving before he retires. To be, well, unless he went to his late 30s and he goes back to um, Belgium or whatever. I don't think he'll go to another... He's not going to get... He's not going to get a... Uh, a big, uh, I guess you could say, move now at his age, whereas Alderweireld might. Um, yeah. But he is getting on a little bit, yeah. So going, so kind of, kind of summarising then. Is it? Can we just t- put it on as the same thing as the World Cup? As you know, England. Yes, under Southgate, it's better than under Hodgson, or certainly better than Allardyce would have been, but not quite good enough. Or can we actually maybe say no? We can't make that judgment. We simply just didn't have the right players playing, and if we did, it would have done better. What do we think? Well, it wasn't the strongest team that we played in the against the Netherlands, so in that aspect, I'm not really worried. Yeah. There's a lot of young players coming through, uh, a, a young players coming through who who weren't there. So obviously, Foden's not quite at that point yet. Uh, Hudson Odoi's out um, injured. Um, I think the future is promising. There's good young players coming through. Um, I'm more than comfortable with where England are at, more than comfortable with who's managing, certainly. Um, so, I, look, two semi-finals in the two com- last two competitions, well, the first two competitions that Southgate's had, I think if you'd offered people that or said to people that that would happen after uh, after Allardyce got sacked, uh, you know, I'm not. people would look at that as a good thing, I think. Um, and probably with surprise because I don't think we were expected to get to the semi-final of a World Cup regardless of how we got there which isn't really important um, and then a semi-final of a Nations League in which we did beat two good teams so I think the future is looking bright for England um, we've just got to build on this now rather than you know go backwards if that makes sense yeah and I think I think Southgate is the big strength there particularly with the young players you've mentioned like with Felden you know Wan Bissaki Hudson Odoi and that sort I remember being at Wembley when we played against Brazil on a friendly a couple of years ago and he gave Dominic Solanke his first start. And his career has perhaps not worked out as he'd have hoped in the last couple of years, but it shows that Southgate is bold with their decisions. Foden may not start every game for Manchester City in the next season, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did end up in the England squad for a few of those qualifiers because <laughs> Southgate can see that sort of talent. He did it with Hudson-Odoi, he did it as exactly. I say with Solanke. So... With that in mind, particularly with the young players that are coming through, and as you've said, you know, with the manager that's in place, I think things are looking very positive for England. And you know, being able to record this podcast in 2019 and say that after all the tournaments we've lived through, I think it's got to be a great mm. thing. Yeah, I, um, I, I and uh, two points I'll make is that um, we've won two penalty shootouts in the last two years. When have we ever done that in my living history? <sighs> um, and secondly, yeah. the thing with that, the thing that for. Um, Southgate for me is that he's he's kind of it sounds really strange to say it but he's like he's um, not old enough that the players like might just not listen to him and just think oh ignore that and he's also not too young that people the players will see him as like their mate he's kind of like in that kind of like perfect area where he's got the respect but he's also um, he's also kind of like they're not just gonna like because I, I with some of the older managers I think some of the younger players might just you know like Sir Alex Ferguson 
<laughs> You're not really going to compare Gareth Southgate to Alex Ferguson now, are you? Well, you said the reason that Southgate's good is because he isn't old. <laughs> I didn't say the reason good. I said it helps, I think. <laughs> How did Fabio Capello work out with uh, with England? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's because if he's old, fair. yeah, or just because he's some sort of like... Italian nutcase. I think there is maybe something in the argument that if we are moving towards this more progressive style of play uh, that the FA are trying to bring through, younger managers are going to be more open to that than old ones. I do, for all the uh, dark out there, I do think there is probably something in that idea to a degree. Obviously, there are some exceptions, like, you know, obviously a manager like Ferguson or or Wenger were, were excellent right into the, you know, well, not Wenger so much, but Ferguson was excellent right into his old age. But as a general rule, I do kind of see that point it, that a younger manager it, might be better. It's a thing as well. Where like when uh, Villas Boas was at Chelsea, the players didn't respect him. I think, and I think a lot of that was because of was because of the age. Yeah, well, you, know, you know, and so I think that it is important. As well, well I, just, I'm was, not convinced age is really an issue. It's just whether you're good or not at what you do. Well, like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Hodgson's done well in the obviously the England job was above Hodgson, but he's done well in the Premier League with Palace since he's come in, and he's about four hundred years old. <laughs> yeah, Pine cares at Bayern. Um, I really hope Hodgson listens to this and actually cares about that. What's his face? He used to manage Spain, the fat guy, Vincente. The fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the fat guy. <laughs> you know do you which one I mean. anybody, Do you want to insult anybody else while, while you're on? Del Bosque, something like that. Del Bosque. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the one. There just a guy, guy who won the World Cup, but I'm nobody doing that. Exactly. And he was old um, then, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying, it, I'm not saying it's, a, it's, a, it's a rule of thumb. I'm just saying I think that it's more, it's more the... Because um, obviously Southgate is not too far removed from you know football. It's, it's just a, I, it's, it's the whole point is that he's not like too young, that the players were just like... Because everyone's saying that he's, he's, he's a great man-manager and all that. It's like you can be a great man-manager, but then obviously there's a point where you become so close to the players that they kind of just see you as their mate. And not as a manager, but going to the that, other that, point of view, would you say that maybe he wouldn't be such a touch, so? I, I, it's the point you're trying to get across. Then is that maybe he wouldn't be able to relate to them so much on that man management level if he was older. Maybe yeah, to an extent, yeah. Fair enough. And and, and having 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 been an England player and been in that situation before, I think you know helps as well. No, that's that, that's fair enough. Um, anyway, so England. Then I, I'm kind of inclined to be positive as well. I think. Can yeah, I uh, do my on. trivia question before we? Uh... Yes, yeah, so yeah. Go on, do we do your trivia question? I was, I was, I was doing a little bit of reading up before this, um, just on the England squad, and I found that we obviously talk about Eric Dyer and his his um, role in central midfield. I found out that there is uh, there's five players that have scored more goals for England in this current squad, which surprised me. He's our joint fifth highest scorer. So I want you to name the players that have scored more or equal to goals. Than Kane. Sterling, first on Rashford. Sterling is second on eight. Rashford is third on six. Deli Ali. Deli Ali is tied with three. Uh, Lingard. Lingard on four and Ross Barkley on four. There we go. Oh, Oh, that was quick. (laughs) Ross Barkley was the it was Ross Barkley that surprised me. Yeah, I um, wouldn't have got Bartley. I don't. I don't think I would have. I must admit, I would have took. He's got a few in like minute. some random qualifying away games, and the Lithuania Montenegro come to mind. So he's just built yeah, it up true. really quietly. Yeah. I imagine that is true. <laughs> um, going back to the point that about England, I'm inclined to be the same. It's very easy to say, oh, it's just like the World Cup. We lost to a good team, but I think it was 
the level of performance in the Switzerland game, I didn't, I didn't really watch it, but we sounded like we dominated that game, which we didn't in any of the other games against good teams. And the fact that we beat good teams to get there, I'm pretty positive. A lot of good young players coming through. I think Euro 2020, we're obviously not saying, you know, we're necessarily definitely going to win, but I think we've got a good chance. If we get to the semi-finals, there's a 50-50 chance the semi would be at Wembley. And then if we get to the final, obviously the final will definitely be at Wembley. So I'm, I'm well, confident... Semi, both semis will be at Wembley, won't they? I thought it was only one semi of two was at Wembley. Were, it was both of them. Uh, let me Google that one. Um, Euro 2020 semi-finals. You hammer on the keyboard a little bit louder, Sam. Yeah, very funny. <laughs> um, Sam, if you, to put, if you had to put odds on it, what's the odds of England winning the Euros? Oh... I mean, I don't, think this... we're, I don't think we're favourites. No. Oh, yeah, we did both semi-finals. You're right. Okay. I don't think so. So it, to be fair, if we get to, if we get as far as the semi-finals, the rest of it's essentially at home. Um. So odds on it. I don't think we're favourites. I think we're probably in the top three or so favourites. I don't know about so seven or eight to one maybe. Okay. So uh, okay. Next question then. So who do we all think could or is going to win it then? Right now. If, I think the favourites are probably France. I think they've got the best team in the world at the moment. And obviously they've just come off winning the World Cup. So I think they're, they're the natural favourites. I'll go uh, Netherlands because I think they've got a young squad, some yeah. brilliant young players coming through and one of the best international managers around. That's my that's my one too, is, is um, Holland and then France. Yeah, you can never rule out you know Germany or Spain either. They're always going to be able to challenge these major tournaments bar a few blips that they've both had at the World Cup. So... Yeah, I'd say England are perhaps in the top five or six. And, you know, as you say, if we do get lucky enough with a decent enough draw to get us to the semi-finals with both those games after that being at home, it's it's an exciting time for sure. Absolutely. Um, so I think we've just about uh, rounded off on the Nations League then in England. Um, just before we before we finish up, then just a quick, quick conversation about uh, Ryan Lowe's first press conference. Who's excited? Who's excited? Who isn't excited? I know you're excited, yeah. Josh. We definitely Just know you're excited. Of course I'm right? excited, yeah. That's the question. Bet you're glad I, I managed to persuade you to renew your season ticket before the early bird ended now. Yeah, I am now, yeah. Uh, <laughs> less excited that Graham Carey's ditched us for Bulgaria, but can't yeah, blame the guy. Yeah, a bit of a disappointment, but after all the good news, we had to, we had to have some bad news, didn't we? All the, all the good um, news. It wasn't like... unexpected, was it? You know, no. it's, I mean... Better he goes and scores against Bulgarian farmers than against us. Exactly um, that. <laughs> that's exactly it. I mean, it, it, we, we, we've had a lot of good news. We've had, um, we've had obviously Lowe coming. We've had the grandstand progressing. Uh, Hallett getting, getting you know, a bit more invested into the team, hopefully. Um, but yeah, some of the stuff he was saying was really, really good about, you know, looking to move his family down there in the long term. The stuff about the style of play is just really exciting because we've never had a manager who's played a consistently good attractive style of play as a philosophy Sheridan and Adams both had spells where we had to, like that run from Christmas to Easter last season we played good football um, the odd spell under Sheridan we played some good football but it was never persistent it was never sustained it was never a real attacking free-flowing style like Lowe seems to want to play so I'm, I'm really excited I've got oh got a hiccup excuse me I'm very excited I've got to admit and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the season getting underway we have a couple of signings as well. Um, and any, any more comments anyone likes to make particularly about player outgoings, ingoings, Ryan Lowe, anything at all? I, I think it's good. In a really horrible way, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better in the next couple of days because there's a certain Portuguese player who plays on the wing and I really hope he stays, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, I'd, I, you know, 
there's that little bit of me, that little glimmer that maybe will come back and offer him more money now that Kerry... No, I think... Who am I kidding? He's going. <laughs> if, <laughs> if he stays, we'll do, we'll do a podcast just talking about Lemire's best moments. He's, 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 a, he's a fantastic player and frankly if I was him I wouldn't want to stay why would why would you want to stay in, <laughs> as, much, as much as Ryan Lowe is going to be great and he's going to have some and yes okay Lemirez could have such a fantastic season in League 2 that he earns an even better move I take that point on board but just the fact of being in he doesn't need to be in League 2 he does not I need mean, to be in League 2 I mean part of why he left Coventry was because he didn't want to move to League 2 so I can't see why that would change now he doesn't, yeah. He doesn't need or want to be in League Two, and he, um, and I think he'll, he's got every chance of getting a Championship move. Never mind League One. So I think he's, yeah, I think he's mm. off. There's maybe, maybe it's probably more, as Josh and Nick would say, I'm one of these people who I have the, I have a tendency to kind of go for the shock outcome rather than the outcome which makes most sense. I'm <laughs> sure Josh will testify that. So maybe there was a little glimmer of that side of him thinking, you know what? Like when you just... literally said today, your gut was telling you that he was going to stay. That was yesterday. That was yesterday, to be fair. Okay, but, then um, yesterday. But yeah, but yeah, it's like that. Like, I, I did have that little glimmer of maybe, just maybe. But when you stop and think about it, why? I think Lemire as he is now in that league would be even more ridiculous than when Kerry first signed for us being in that league. He would be so ridiculous. He'd be the best player in the league, I'm sure of that. So I don't think he will be, as much as I'd love it. I think he's off. I think him and Kerry are off. And hopefully we'll be announcing uh, Devitt and maybe one or two others in the next few days by the time we next record the podcast. And we'll have a new set of attacking players to look forward to. Improved terms rather than the same deal or, or cut back because we've gone down. Um, actually, that should free up more money for, for new players. So if you're talking the money that he was on, you know, we don't know what he was on. Um, but for the money that he was on, you're looking at good quality minimum League 2 players that we can bring in. So in that aspect, I'm not overly worried. And, and Lowe seems to be saying positive things about signing. So um, people have been phoning him up apparently to say that they want to play. Um, I'm not sure if that he'll be he'll be too keen to have uh, Sam and Louis playing for him, but even so. Not in my, <laughs> not, not in my current state. I don't think it's wise. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah well, it, worth a shot though, Sam, wasn't it? It will. Can you imagine that? Be, <laughs> Sam, my, do you think you do a better better job in goal than Matt Mason? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't think I would. I'm going to be honest with you. I think anybody who's seen me play football, it's only out of the three of you. It's only Adam who hasn't had that pleasure, and I'm sure Josh and Louis will be able to tell. We'll be able to tell Adam everything he needs to know about that scenario. Exactly that. Yeah. Anyway, it's been lovely talking to you all. Uh, glad we're all very positive about the future of England and our goal. And here's to the season ahead. We'll be you'll be hearing back from us soon, I'm sure. We'll probably have one around about the start of three seasons once we've got a few signings underway. We'll have a signing reaction podcast of some sort. Uh, for now, from all of us, we hope you've enjoyed listening to it and goodbye. Where, where can you find the podcast, goodbye. Sam? Oh yeah, yeah, no, hang on, yeah, we're gonna have okay, we're gonna have to do it again. Can't we can find the podcast. Goodbye. Right, right, we're gonna we're literally gonna do that one more time. Um, thank you for that one, <laughs> Louis. Um, anyway, we, that, that that's us done and dusted. I'm glad we're all so positive about the England and the Argyle teams going forward. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening to it. The uh, Green and White podcast will be back around the start of July for a pre-season podcast with the uh, reports on some of the players and uh, the team going back for pre-season. Uh, you can catch us on iTunes, Spotify and indeed Stitcher as well, as well as going on our website and streaming it from there. So thank you very much and goodbye. 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 See ya.
holidays are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.